0: Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever I'm catching you for these quick 15-minute moments of edification and trying to make your life better in a shorter period of time, which is sort of my drill, the thing that I love. (laughs) Uh, It's not that I'm lazy, it's just that life is full. And I was thinking, um, interestingly, I went to two funerals this weekend and that makes me think about a million things when I'm at funerals about how to make my life better, about what caused their death. And one of them was a crazy situation where it looked like they should not have died from the condition, but you know, there was a healthcare management issue and it may have been related to physician, it may have been related to insurance, who knows, but listen, stress in the absence of proper health care, and, and I underscore proper, is huge. And I mean, we take a look at stress, how that creates aging. Look at every single president we've ever had. Um, Obama went in with dark hair, came out with gray hair, and, and not just president of a country, but president of a company or a grandmother who takes on a grandchild because her child has decided to start doing drugs, um, we get this shock of a loss, and then we get a shock of gray hair. So what is the stressor I'm trying to minimize today is the provision of healthcare. And I'm going to shake it up a little bit because quite honestly, I think we are in dire straits with how we're providing healthcare today. And I want to give you some options. So let's just take a look that um, we have gotten to this untenable point where healthcare is so stinking expensive and the benefits instead of becoming richer and more useful have become less um, resourceful and often provide not the things we need, but maybe provide the things we we might need. I remember being on a committee in the 90s and one of the um, large insurance brokers said to me at the time, Kelly, by the 2000s, their healthcare is going to be 700 bucks for people. I said, oh my gosh, that's not possible. But look, it's almost like they had it planned. And every year, if you're an employer and you get that dreaded, annual meeting, it's always up 10, 12, 15, sometimes 20%. And, and, you know, it's the second line item in most healthcare companies. I mean, most in, most um, large employers, first the money goes to pay the employee and next is healthcare. And after a fashion, guess what? The profit margin is not there. So what's happening is, you know, these deductibles are getting five, six, seven thousand $7,000 a year. And then um, you're getting... A percentage of the premium turfed over to the employee because the employer simply just can't take it anymore, and that's not good because when you have huge deductibles, that's called the barrier to care. So people stay home instead of go in and get the care they need. And uh, you know, you think, oh, if I can just make it to 65, Medicare will be fabulous. Well, I'm 65, and uh, Medicare still, uh, if I'm if I'm working and I plan to work for quite a while. Medicare still costs about seventy percent of what I would normally pay in a regular commercial program. It's like, oh my goodness, no good. Um, so I wanted I want to read just a a chapter, excuse me, a paragraph out of one of my favorite books. Dave Chase is the is the originator of a fabulous group called the Rosetta Brokers, and their commitment is to train brokers, so they're not um, gouging people, but actually helping people. But he is very bold in what he says in terms of, guess what? If things do not change, the millennials today, for every buck um, they bring in, half of it will be going to healthcare. And you think, oh gosh, how could that possibly be happening? But let me just read you this short um, two paragraphs. Let's make an assumption about Becky's life. Becky is a, is a millennial in this case. We'll say she gets married in thirty and has two children. She works until she's sixty five and dies at eighty. We'll almost'll we'll also assume her income grows every year by four percent, so that at retirement she's earning one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. Now, we know in true life that doesn't happen, but he's just being optimistic. To simplify the analysis, we'll have Becky's husband leave her to join an ashram, when he turns 65. So she's only responsible for her own Medicare premiums. It's a little creative, I think. Um, Let's also give Becky a stroke of good fortune and say that she and her dependents stay healthy with no major health crisis requiring out-of-pocket expenditures. Now allow me to make a a truly crazy assumption just for the sake of argument. Let's assume that healthcare costs grow at only 2% a year, which we also know is not. Going on half of Becky's income growth. This hasn't been true for 40 years, but we can also we can always hope. Given all those factors, how much do you think Becky will contribute to the healthcare system for herself and her dependents over her lifetime? I'll give you a hint. Becky will earn $3.85 million dollars over her career. The answer is what's going to healthcare is 1.9 million. If she has a working spouse, the two will contribute $2.5 million into the system over their lifetimes. And, you know, there's visible payments, there's hidden payments, and then the grand total. It's incredibly sobering. We need to do something different. So fast forward, you see employers starting to change things, uh, offer an HSA, where that's really a Bucket of money where the employee gets to use that money and can even hold over from year to year and FSA is that same bucket of money, but they have to spend it at the end of the year, which um, not necessarily as good. I've certainly had people standing in my supplement shelf trying to spend their last $300 on on um, December 31st to buy things they probably will never take Um, and then there's HRAs where it's the employer's money but. we're moving into something very, in, very slowly but usefully called direct primary care. That is a brand new way of looking at getting healthcare. And um, when when we look at that, it almost seems untenable. But what we, what's happening is there is a group of physicians who are burnt out sick and tired of the big system. They don't like all the insurance mandates. They don't like insurance companies tell them what to treat or how to treat it. They just want to be good old fashioned doctors talking to people, um, working out their stress points, working out their nutrition, working out whatever it might be is in, in lieu of spending 15 minutes or 10 minutes writing a script. And so these people are leaving in droves from the large employee, um, l- large health, um, corporations and starting their own. And so a direct primary care physician um, is someone who goes out on their own, opens up a a practice, puts out their shingle and says, I will treat any patient that comes to me for a particular amount per month. And every month you pay me and every month you have access to me 24 seven through phone calls, through office visits, through texts. And I've seen this work, Um, I've been working with two of these gentlemen here in, in, my, in my area. And they might charge upwards of $80 or uh, for a senior per month or 50 or $60 or even less for a 30 year old per month. And that means they get access to these individuals for most of their health care. Now, when I say most, if you're involved in a car accident, then you use your car accident insurance. If you get cancer, well, oftentimes you're no longer employable. So then your benefits all of a sudden change and you are in a low income bracket and you can get state paid insurance. If you um, recognize that when you go to a direct primary care, you don't have any copays. Your labs are done at cost, generally about 114th of what it costs you now to go to l- get lab work. Your medicine. At the very least, is about one tenth because they provide medicine at, at their cost. So the discounts are amazing. They also create discounts with specialists. Let's say a local imaging company agrees to say, "Yeah, I'll give I'll give your people forty percent off of the and the cash price will be significantly less." So what happens is you don't have the copay, you have this minimal monthly fee, and you're not paying this stinking seven hundred dollars a month, which is about eighty four hundred dollars a year. And uh, you're getting good health care. Now, you could have a backdrop of a catastrophic insurance plan for two, $300 a month on top of it that still has you saving tons of money. You may have a little extra piece with Aflac that provides you a chunk of money in case something bad happens with um, a disease process that takes up some cash. The point is, you really uh, need to know that direct primary care programs are starting to grow out there and is starting to um, excite the possibility that people can have affordable healthcare. And guess what? These guys are not prescribing drugs first. These guys are saying, oh my gosh, you're, you're dehydrated. Oh my gosh, the stress in your life is, is really making a difference here. Let's tr- try to figure something out. And they'll spend upwards of 45 minutes, sometimes even longer with people. Um, and, and like I say, I've been to their offices. I see they don't have these huge, big Taj Mahal offices with the ridiculous overheads that you see all the time. No, they don't need to make too much money because they're already making enough by taking care of people. And they'll have a certain number of people in their panel, and that those will be their folks. They know what they're going to make every month, and they're going to take care of these people, and they won't bring on more than they can handle. There's also something um, some of you may have seen community care programs where it's also not insurance, but it's uh, actually quite useful in terms of you pay um, a, a notably discounted amount in once a month. And then there's a pool, and you, you pull from that pool if you need anything um, for help from a healthcare perspective. They may have a, f- a few challenges, like if you have a pre-existing problem, we'll only pay 30% the first year, 50% the second year, and they'll pay all of it the third year. So you you take a risk coming in if you have a pre-existing problem. But let's face it, if you're saving. You're only paying $200 a month into that versus 700. You're, you're saving four or 500 every month you can put away for a rainy day in case something goes on. But they also focus on, hey, how can you get healthier? Oh my gosh, maybe try taking turmeric that reduces pain. Hey, did you know there's, you know, seven tablespoons of sugar in that Dr. Pepper, which is in killing you, increasing your inflammation? Or hey, you know, did you know, blah, blah, blah. So it just goes on and on and on in terms of other options that are starting to rise up. And that is the beauty of this country is you see one system failing, and you see other systems grow up. So what I would be doing is I might look at these community care programs. Um, I'm in Washington State, and we have a a challenging situation with our insurance commissioner, they don't like to do new out of the box things very well so a lot of times in Washington these programs gets closed to us, but i'll name a few of them. Um, Zion uh, is one. Um, New Health, K-N-E-W, Health is is another, but if you look up community care programs, you'll find things, and sometimes there's Christian-based community care programs where you have to sign a document to say you are following Christian principles because there's an assumption you're probably going to be a little healthier, you might not be doing um, recreational drugs and drinking excessively, that type of thing. They know how to minimize their risks, of course. And I've tried all of these things. You know, I've been in the commercial health program. I worked for a large insurer for years. I, I've used the community health plans myself. And now, um, sadly, the DPC program came into my life too late. Um, but I will be uh, using Medicare now because that's kind of kind of the law. But. Uh, it, it it gives you it gives you hope. So look up Rosetta Stone. I mean Rosetta Brokers, and you'll say any any brokers in my area. We've got a great broker in my area, and you could talk to that person to say, hey, um, could you help me find something more affordable? Uh, can you be can you be my backdrop? Can you be that person that helps me out? I'm particularly talking here about employers who are just losing losing their mind trying to figure out how to keep a profit in the organization because it's a real it's a real phenomenon. So my hope is that um, you know you, you have a you have a 32 year old kid who can't afford healthcare you can at least get them into the DPC program which would afford them it's totally affordable but then you know their first first line needs will be met and if they do need other forms of care it'll be at a dis, at a discount and, um, you know, always make sure people have car insurance. So you have that in case you are in an accident of that ilk. If you're on the job working and you get hurt, there's, there's uh, workers' compensation. So really the big, bad, ugly things are cancer. And again, like I say, if cancer uh, treatment is so expensive, it draws down your, your income because you might not be working and that makes you eligible for more state funds and things like that. So I hope that gives you some ideas about what else you could do. But I think I think running around without any coverage uh, is not smart. Um, running around with coverage where you only are provided 15-minute increments of care by a doctor who's overwrought, stressed out, and not able to um, spend the time with you on counseling about your lifestyle may not be smart either. Um, So, you know, thankfully that's why also naturopaths exist and chiropractors exist and and, um, acupuncturists exist because they will have those conversations with you. That's that's what they're designed to do as well. All right then, always food for thought. I hope you guys have an absolutely fabulous day and I appreciate um, you being here. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.